Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com and draft.com, where if you go right now and use the promo code BOXES, when you sign up for draft.com, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? You know, Michael, sometimes I wish you talked like that all the time in real life. Uh, who's saying that I don't? I am Mike Catron, and this is... You sound like a robot. Hey, I like it. The, the title, the intro has got to sound the same. It makes people feel comfortable. makes people uh, feel like they're back at home with their good friends. Mike and Tyler talk about fantasy basketball, because right now, a lot of people think it's fantasy football season. No, sir. It is fantasy basketball season. We are here starting our team-by-team breakdown leading in to the preseason. Uh, it, is a, it is a long slog, but it is, a, it is a labor of love, Tyler. Dude, I'm just excited to talk about these four great new Hornets. I can't That's, lie to you. Uh, oh, spoiler alert. Well, I guess if you clicked on this, we probably put what team we're doing in the title, so I guess it's not... Spoiler alert at all. We're doing the Hornets for our first episode for no particular reason. But first, before we get to the shot of the Hornets, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. That's right. We do have a Patreon. And this season, we are trying something new. We are going to be giving exclusive content to our subscribers to Patreon. So if you go to www.patreon.com slash watching the boxes, you can subscribe and you will get insider info directly from me and Tyler um, that will be exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. And you can sign up for Tyler's dynasty league that he's been touting over the last few episodes. That's going to be exciting. Those leagues are starting to fill up. And if you want to just get in the regular listener league, or if you want some even uh, more special type of service where we will enter you into our Slack channel or give you a monthly Q and a. So we have, I guess, levels for no matter how engaged you want to be. But if you just want to celebrate the show and uh, help support it, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes, just like our boys, Ryan Yao and Blake Morris. I want to thank you guys directly for being a, a Patreon for this, this podcast. And I want to give a shout out to the triple double podcast. Um, that is who signed up for our Patreon. I'm going to go do a slight investigation and find out the Triple Double Podcast's real name. Um, but yeah, you didn't sign up with your real name, man. So I, I'm going to go find it out, and I'm going to give you a shout-out in a future episode. But I want to thank uh, all of our Patreons, especially Blake and Ryan. Respect to you for following the show. They must be good guys, right? That automatically qualifies you? hundred percent qualifies you as being an awesome person, uh, supporting content that you like. Uh, I encourage people to do that anyway. Um, I support the uh, podcast, the Patreons and the, and the organizations that I enjoy. Uh, I support them and uh, I really appreciate that you like us enough to, to support us. So patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We will be having exclusive content. I want to thank everybody who has joined so far. We will be giving you uh, shout outs on the pod. Uh, for anyone who subscribes, that that to me is a reward enough. Dude, I I feel like that's a good reward right there. I feel like yep. that's strong. 
See, I'm I want to sign up because I want to be in the dynasty league that you're starting, Tyler. Uh, you better sign up, Mike. I know I got to pay us to get into it. I don't know why I made that rule. <laughs> I should have gave some treatment, some special treatment to me as a co-host of the show, but no, I have to pay three dollars a month. Dude, yeah, that's right. You get out your moldy wallet, you'll be okay. Yeah, and, and since people are paying to be in these leagues, there will be a uh, there will be rewards for joining these leagues. So um, we really appreciate the support from you guys, and let's get on to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, oh man, we I don't know why we started with the Charlotte Hornets. Not an entirely exciting offseason for the Charlotte Hornets, but they did bring in a Bismack a Biombo uh, from the Orlando Magic. Signed Tony Parker the all-time uh, great spur, which was uh, kind of a shocker, I think, to a lot of people, and drafted Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, and oh, Adarlness Kabukula, which is not how you say that name. Already off the back, butchering these names. How do you say that one, Tyler? What now? Adarlness Kaboka drafted number 55 by the Charlotte Hornets. You remember that? Remember when you're at the end of the draft where they drafted our Darnellis Kaboka? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'd fix it for you, but I think we're going to just let you stumble through that for a while. Yeah. Also, I don't plan on talking about that guy this year. Um, who, he is uh, a Euro stash player. So yeah. No worries. Uh, there. A couple guys who left, Michael Carter-Williams, the former rookie of the year, uh, the bane of every team's existence, Dwight Howard, the uh, contract that's been traded more times than any other contract, even though it's terrible, Timothy Mozgov. And uh, this is news to me. Julian Stone traded to the Bulls. Never heard of the guy. Didn't know about that trade. Forget, was that the was that the Jerry and Grant ordeal? I believe it so was. We could, so we could sign um, uh, Parker? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So kind of a big deal getting rid of uh, Dwight Howard. I like that move a lot. Um, that is what's new is, but that really doesn't change the, um, existence of this team. And so what, what interests you on this team coming into next year? Uh, what interests me most about this team is that they at some point kind of got to pick a lane here, right? Like, are, are they just comfortable trying to compete for that eighth seed in the West and like, toiling in, in mediocrity for years or are they going to kind of blow it up and, and trade away some of these guys? Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting storyline just NBA wise to follow for these guys. Um, the, the person in fantasy I'm really interested in for these guys is, is always probably Nick Batum. Um, I think Batum's going to get underrated this year by quite a bit. Um, he's going to play more small forward, I think with the subtraction of Dwight Howard, right? That they're going to slide him down to small forward, which I kind of think is just a better spot for him. And as long as Batum stays healthy, I just feel like his game's always really underrated. That nearly five assists he's going to give you is huge. Um, nearly five and a half rebounds. He's going to get you a steal, probably like half a block. Um, he's ranked 84th in, in Mark's rankings on hashtag basketball.com. And I just think that's a little bit too low for him. Yeah, go check out Mark's rankings. We will be having Mark on the podcast uh, to talk about those projections uh, very soon. But um, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think Batuma is a is a podcast favorite, a fan favorite. We always uh, rank this guy. I think properly, or maybe even a little too high occasionally. He only played 64 games last year. He 
does have the occasional injury. I don't think it's it's chronic injuries like some other players, uh, but he does seem to be a little underrated when it comes to nine cat, uh, cat fantasy. Like his field goals never great, but everything else he does across the board is, is pretty good. Now Batum is you know approaching thirty, so he is in the middle of his prime. You know maybe on the second half of his prime. But the guy is incredibly versatile. Um, I just kind of worry that Nick Batum's kind of across the board type of game, maybe three years ago, two, three years ago, was um, was a novelty that really made him fit a lot of fantasy builds. While there are now more people who do the things that Nick Batum does, making Nick Batum a little more average than he used to be. I mean, obviously, Batum had a a bad year last year, and and the shoulder injury was probably likely part of that, right? I mean, he had scored basically 15 points a game two straight years in Charlotte, his first two years in Charlotte, and then last year only 11.6. I think you'll see that number go up, right? Dwight Howard had a really good year for the Hornets last year, statistically speaking, right? Whether, you you know, we can talk about real basketball if you want. Um, Batum averaged almost six assists in both those first two years. It fell to five and a half last year. He averaged six rebounds a game. It fell to 4.8 last year. I think we could see him average six rebounds. I think we could see him average nearly six assists. And I think we could see him average 13 and a half, 14, maybe even 15 points a game. And that's going to skyrocket his value up a little bit. And that's one reason why I think he's kind of underrated. Yeah, he's kind of a revert to the mean type of a target, I think. And uh, like you said, since he had a bad year last year, I think a lot of people will be out on him. I don't know where he is ranking in the current rankings for sites that I will not mention, but we will be doing a ranking podcast as well um, at some point in the future. Um, I like Nick Batum. I don't don't love Nick Batum, but I think he'll be underrated in drafts because of that bad season. I'll just say one word about that, right? ESPN, right, opened their, their draft rooms, right? And they, they you can I think you can mock draft, and I think you're coming up. You can actually do, like, a live draft coming up pretty quick. Um, their rankings always change right before they actually, like, open it up. They always yeah. do a first set, and then they change them, like, all completely. So Suspiciously we around the time other sites that are more respected uh, end up uh, putting their projections out. So I, I guess I just want to make the point, don't fall in love with those rankings and those mock drafts. Like, ooh, I'm getting this player every time at this pick. That could drastically change come when your draft actually happens. Yeah, that definitely uh, will change before the season. Uh, so, I wanted so to... Who are you interested in? Come on. Let's so I'm not, I'm not interested in a particular player. I'm interested in a particular situation. So you were kind of talking about, you know, basketball-wise, what's going on in Charlotte. That is important because the most important stat in fantasy basketball is minutes per game. And with the departure of Dwight Howard, you're kind of looking at a at a, at a center position that isn't really got a front runner. Um, really not anyone is taking control of that position, those minutes. And it really depends on if the Hornets want to go a little bit big or stretch five. Um, they have a lot of options. Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky, and they just traded for Bismack Biombo. And also Willie Hernan Gomez is, is in the mix because, you know, while not a great defensive player, Willie Hernan Gomez is not a terrible um, NBA player. 
So we have four guys kind of hanging around that center spot, which either one, it, it's, it, it can lead to a good situation where one guy ends up getting a bulk of the minutes and you didn't see that coming and you get him off the waiver wires or you draft him late in the draft or two it's the worst case scenario. They all share minutes. Um, I'm not particularly sure. I'm waiting until preseason to get a feel out. I think Cody Zeller is probably the front runner right now for that center spot, but I'm not sure that the minutes for Cody Zeller will be there. And I'll squash a narrative. Sure. That I think is just squash right all over that narrative. Um, so Willie Hernan Gomez is a pretty, pretty good permanent producer. I think we can all agree on that. And so people see the stats and they get real excited, man. Like, oh, Willie Hernan Gomez, man. If he just got the minutes, he'd be this beast. And um, I don't think you're going to see that happen, though, right? I think there's enough bodies here, right? Willie Hernan Gomez in his first two seasons. I mean, we talk about this a lot, right? He averaged 18.4 minutes as a rookie. And then it fell to 10.3 in his second season. That's never something you want to see. No, um, I'm not like uh, writing my paycheck on William Hernan Gomez. You know, like I'm not going to put all go all in in the last round for that guy. But, um, you know, he's a third year player. He's got to keep an eye on. If he averaged 15 I don't minutes think he's a game, I'd, I'd, that's about where I'd peg it. That's where I'd peg my over under. That's board. fair. I think that's pretty good. I think that's a really uh, reasonable. Um, based in reality type of uh, type but, of investment. But, I like that. You know, some people are going to be real pumped for him, right? Ooh, I'm drafting Willie Hernan Gomez. He's going to be the starting center in Charlotte. Like, ho- hold the phone on that. Yeah, no, that's definitely not what's going to happen here. Um, I think I'm more interested in, in Cody Taylor. I think you might have some people looking at that Bismack Biombo trade, looking at no big name sitting there as a uh, as a front runner for the starting center in Charlotte and go, well, maybe they'll go with Bismack Biombo. So I think this is another uh, narrative to squash. Um Bismack Biombo, remember when he was really, really good in, in Toronto and he was like blocking on those shots. He's playing like 34 minutes a game. Um maybe he's due for a resurgence. Maybe Bismack Biombo will be the starting center and just be kind of like uh, a guy who runs around the courts getting elite blocks. And while his per 36 blocks are always going to be really, really good. This, I don't think Bismack Biombo, we saw what happened last year and how ineffective he was. Um, I just don't think Bismack Biombo has the, has what it takes to play in, in today's game. And I also don't think he is the front runner for starting center here. He's only 25 years old. Going to be 26 at the end of this month. That's incredible. Seems like that dude's been here for years, man. Just way too long. Seven years of experience already. Holy God. Um, so here's the thing I'll say about Biombo that I think is kind of important. He's a guy that we've seen, like, even if he gets the big minutes, like, he produces similar stats that he does in 20 minutes. He just seems like a guy who's just as good in 20 minutes as he is in 28. And so I, I, I'm just – I'm real out on Bismack Biombo at this point. Yeah, like his fantasy ceiling is a lot of rebounds and a and a good amount of blocks being overused in Charlotte. And I just don't see the situation unless there's injuries of him being overused. And 
just to get rebounds and blocks, like you can find rebounds and blocks from um, guys who are on the, who are still on the Orlando magic. So I would rather target someone like that than Bismack Biombo, who's in um, this kind of rotating chairs for center. Uh, I, I would much rather assume that Cody Zeller is going to get the bulk of the minutes here. But when you look at Cody Zeller, he's a pretty decent player across the board, but also not a terribly interesting fantasy player. I know you have a special place for Cody Zeller in your heart, Tyler, but you know, his his ceiling isn't that great. He's a solid fantasy producer, but he's not, the ceiling is not that high. I think I've, I've said this to you many times. I think Cody Zeller is a better real life basketball player than fantasy player. Like when, when I watch Cody Zeller play, I'm always like, man, this guy, he's a good center, right? He's not trying to do too much. He's always kind of playing within himself. Um, he's not out there jacking threes when he knows he can't make them. Um, he's not out there like doing crazy stuff, right? He's getting rebounds. He's making a pass if he needs to make a pass. He's blocking a shot. He can get a few steals. Like he just plays a good brand of basketball, I think. And so I think that's going to get him minutes, right? I think that Charlotte's given him minutes pretty much every year of his career, right? Um, so I, I think the minutes are safe around twenty-five. Um, and he might even push up to get a little bit more than that. But I don't know that that's going to be anything you super want for fantasy. Yeah. I think I'm with you right there. Um, Let's move on to the rest of this team. Um, Another, I guess, interesting, maybe let's play a little game here. Um, Over, under, minutes per game for Miles Bridges. I'm going to go 27. Ooh, I'll probably go under on that. They got a lot of guys they can kind of chop and change in there, I think. I mean, I know Michael Gilchrist has been on this team for a long time, but is man, Michael Gilchrist is not good. Like, he's he's a decent defender, but if Miles Bridges can do 80% of what – or 70% of what Michael Gilchrist can do on the defensive end, but then like, you know, 90, 190 more percent of what he can do on offense, which really wouldn't be that much – uh, to do way more than Michael Kagilchrist does on offense. Why would they not start playing Miles Bridges over someone like Michael Kagilchrist? Oh, yeah. And I think um, you're deluding yourself if you think Michael Kagilchrist is in for a huge season. I think that they're slowly starting to move away from him, probably. Um, but Miles Bridges, man, I think we see this with a lot of rookies, right? Like he's gonna struggle making that transition early in the season. And so if he's playing that kind of minutes early in the season, I'll be surprised. Now, as the season wears on, sure it might go over uh your over under, but I think for the whole season, if we're talking about the whole season, if you told me that, I would I would pick the under just because I think early in this season it's gonna be like twelve minutes, thirteen minutes, fifteen minutes per game, like just adjusting to the NBA. Um, I actually really like Miles Bridges and maybe a little bit more than some other people. Um, So don't count that kid out. Yeah, I think he's going to be a pretty solid NBA player. And, you know, I'd keep an eye on him. I'm not sure fantasy-wise his game is anything to get too excited about. 
But anyone who's if he ends up starting in the latter half of the season, he might be a standard league relevant player. Um, and uh, not maybe not about him, but it's worth mentioning somebody in that range where he got drafted. Usually, like eleven, like that late lottery range, eleven to fourteen. That is often one of those guys often breaks out and becomes real, real good. Yeah, comes out of come comes out of nowhere and is, you know going to be an all-star in three years. You know, th- th- that seems to be happening in every draft over the last three years. And, you know, Miles Bridges is probably a pretty good target for that. Uh, I got another question for you. Marvin Williams. Oh, God. Is he a top 100 player in standard league nine cap? Standard league nine catch. Now, how many minutes does old Marv play this year? Yeah, well, he played about 26 last year. I think he might play a little bit more because I think they might play him at the four. Um, I'm going to say closer to 28. I will say this team, if you're looking for like pure fours, like give me a, a power forward on this roster. Like a guy whose best position is power forward. Maybe uh, Marvin Williams. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. It, maybe Marvin Williams only in the last year or two because the league has gotten smaller. You know what I mean? Like they don't really have anyone to play at that position. Right. So I think you're spot on in that he might get 28 minutes, 29 minutes. And we've always seen that Marvin Williams is a decent fantasy producer. He's just not somebody I'm getting excited about, right? Like, what does he do that really gets you like, yeah, I got Marvin Williams on my team, nothing. But those are the guys I like to to target late in drafts because this is a guy who over the last – I mean, let's talk about what he finished per game over the last few years. Last year, 114. The year before that, 68. The year before that, 47. And that was after he started shooting a little bit more three, hitting more threes and getting his his, uh, field goal percentage up. Marvin Williams is not a sexy name. You're 100% right by that. But he's he's close to a block steal, one block, one steal type of guy. He approaches one and a half three pointers uh, to two three pointers a game. He gets decent rebounds for his position, and all of those little little things add up to being a guy that really no one wants to draft, but is a guy that should be owned in every standard league. I'm with you in a roto league, right? You kind of want some safety there. Yeah. In in a head to head league, though, I don't know that I'd ever draft Marvin Williams unless it was a deeper league. Just because I think Marvin Williams probably goes in that what would be in a standard league, right? Like one of your last picks. And I feel like in a head-to-head league, like just shoot for upside. Because no player can hurt you that bad in a head-to-head league. Like guys can kill you in a roto league. But in the head-to-head league, like would you rather have Dennis Smith Jr. or Marvin Williams? Ooh, probably um, – you know, I, I kind of dissuade people from just throwing these – across the board type of players out, especially if they're hanging around on the waiver wire, blocking a steal a game, even if you're streaming that, it helps. Um, I probably want Dennis Smith Jr. based on my punt strategy. So these his value does fall based on whatever your punt strategy is, but that doesn't mean a guy who kind of does a little bit of everything but nothing great can't be used in your punt strategy. And here's another thing I'll say about Marvin Williams. He's a great guy just to stream in and out in a standard league. 
Yeah, like, no one's looking at him playing, right? Because like, nobody wants him, right? We just said it. He's not sexy. He's 32 years old this season. Like, who who wants to be like, yeah, you do? Guess who I picked up off the waiver wire? Marvin Williams, man. No one wants that. Yeah, nobody cares. So often, right? This is not a guy I draft, right? This is a guy like with that last spot, right? I'm streaming through and I'm like, oop, Charlotte's playing tonight. Oh, yeah, I'll get me some Marvin Williams. All right. Oh, okay, Charlotte's off. You're, you're going back on the waiver wire. Oh, Charlotte's playing again. Yeah, Marvin Williams, not the most sexy name, but I, I, I often think underrated fantasy player. Do you have any uh, deep league uh, hints for for our, our big league, deep league listeners out there, Tyler, for on, uh, on this team, other than Willie Hernan Gomez? So these guys got some players maybe right so there's two guys i'm i'm maybe a little bit interested in in the deep league um and those are jeremy lamb and malik monk the problem is they're battling each other for the minutes yeah it's a crapshoot of who's gonna get those minutes oh here's what i kind of think about it in 18 minutes a game which is what mark projected jeremy lamb to have he came out as the 203rd ranked player okay Malik Monk, in 16 minutes a game, came out as the 289th ranked player. Now, obviously, if they chop and change it like that, right, and they just kind of play them both equal minutes, neither one is going to be that valuable. But this is something to watch in the preseason. If one of those two kind of takes a step forward, and particularly I'm, I'm kind of looking at Malik Monk, right, if he can – Right, he was a high lottery pick. If they just say, "Ooh, man, this guy's showing us something. He's looking good. We got to get him more minutes." They get this guy like 20, 22, 25 minutes in a deeper league. He could be pretty damn useful. Yeah, you might as well see what you got there with Jeremy Lamb. You know what you got. Right. Well, uh, and here, here's the thing: new coach too, and we don't know what that means. But a lot of times, new coaches, right? They're they're gonna do something different, right? The last guy got fired for a reason. So maybe the thing is play Malik Monk quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe it's not. You know what I mean? Like like every every coach does what they think's best. Um, but I, I'm kind of hopeful on Malik Monk, I guess. Well, you that makes one of us because I'm not that hopeful on Malik Monk at all. But I think that is it for our Charlotte Hornets, Tyler. Uh, one team down, a whole bunch of teams more to go. Yeah, not the most exciting team either. But, no, not at all. But the most exciting teams we're going to say for a little bit later in the uh, as we're approaching preseason, the ones that are a little bit harder to read, we want to get a little bit more information on them as we approach the season before we do a recap of those teams. Recap? Man, is it over already? Recap. Preview. Wow. Jeez, Mike, you're ending the season before it even started. Well, the late flag. Warriors win another one. Yeah, well, that is also true. The Warriors are just going to win this year. Season is kind of over. But if you do want to recap, this is a good segue, Tyler. Of last season, we do have a top 50 retrospect out there in our previous episode. So subscribe, uh, rank and review the podcast. We really, really appreciate that. And if you guys have any feedback, you can find me at Watch the Boxes on Twitter or Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. That is with two T's, W-A-T-T-S. And feel free to tweet at us with uh, feedback for the show or questions about your fantasy squad. We were going to be knocking out the rest of these teams over the next few weeks. And if you really want to support the podcast, 
please subscribe to our uh, Patreon. We're going to have some exclusive content there as well. That is patreon.com slash watching the boxes. That's it, everybody. Thanks and have a good one. 